All right, this brings us to our gospel lesson from Luke, the fourth chapter. Now Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wild. For forty wilderness days and nights he was tested by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and when the time was up, he was hungry. The devil, playing on his hunger, gave the first test. Since you're God's son, command this stone to turn into a loaf of bread. Jesus answered by quoting Deuteronomy, It takes more than bread to really live. For the second test, he led him up and spread out all the kingdoms of the earth on display at once. And then the devil said, They're all yours in all their splendor to serve your pleasure. I'm in charge of them all and I can turn them over to whomever I wish. Worship me, and they're yours, the whole works. Jesus refused again, backing his refusal with Deuteronomy. Worship the Lord your God and only the Lord your God. Serve him with absolute single-heartedness. For the third test, the devil took him to Jerusalem and put him on top of the temple. And he said, if you are God's son, jump. It's written, isn't it, that he has placed you in the care of angels to protect you. They will catch you. You won't so much as stub your toe on a stone. Yes, said Jesus, and it is also written, don't you dare tempt the Lord your God. That completed the testing. The devil retreated, temporarily, lying in wait for another opportunity. Here ends the reading. Let us pray. Our loving God, we come this rainy, slushy, cold, early morning where we set our clocks ahead and many of us are just wishing we had one more hour of sleep, if not three. But we are here and we hope that it pleases you to see our shining faces this morning as we enter into the wilderness of Lent for these next 40 days. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to increase some practice that we might have to draw us closer into your word into your service, into stewardship, into helping others in many ways. Each of us uniquely gifted can find our unique way to do something more as opposed to giving up something, something more loving, more caring, more forgiving, more healing, more educational, whatever it takes. But help us, Lord, to let the Holy Spirit fill us and move us and disquiet us a bit so that we can take on a practice It will make us mindful each and every day of what you gave up for us, your very life, and brought us Easter's promise forevermore. In Jesus' name we do ask it. Amen. It's the first Sunday of Lent, and you might know it's my favorite time of year. I know it seems weird. Many of you just shake your heads and think, how can this mournful kind of stuff be your favorite time of year? It's not a depressing time for me at all. Since I was in junior high school, strange child that I might have been, I loved the Lenten practices, giving up something, testing my mettle, 
First, it's Ash Wednesday on your forehead. Many of you were here. And then it's the perky phrase, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Now, here's the devil hoping to trick Jesus. We prefer the more festive, no worries and happy times. We are constantly trying to find the good times in life, and yet even this morning, we have heard of another sad loss. One of our members, uh, nieces, has committed suicide. And so we come every time we are here with a new sense of need and earnestness about life and death, who we are and whose we are. But since I have been a young teen, I guess I've been drawn to that struggle where Jesus faces Lent. In the wilderness, finally and eventually, he is betrayed, arrested, and beaten, and crucified. And then I do also appreciate Good Friday. Good Friday's observance, as many of you know, with our our teenage crucifixion enactment, the drama at the end. The emotional tug that all of these events feel bring once again to reality what it cost our Lord Jesus Christ to save us, to get our attention, to try to move us off of home plate, to run the basis of faith and risk a new life. Our Christian faith is rooted in how we live and how we die, and then we live again. These past two weeks, as many of you know, sadly and joyfully, we have had funerals back-to-back as well, three days in a row for beloved saints of our church, Ruth and Jack and Glenn, walked in the light of Easter's promises all their days. And Lent is that church year season that prepares our hearts and minds to face the end of life and its new beginning. Lent asks each one of us, what is it we believe in? I mean, really, down at the core. Whom do you trust? And can we feel the Holy Spirit leading us, advising us, calling us, changing our focus and our priorities to give God fuller access to all that we are? It is not for this life only that we are preparing It has been brought home to us so often in these last weeks. So this morning we are standing with ten toes barely over the border into Lent. This is our personal season of facing temptations head on. A season for deepening our faith walk with Christ. Spiritual disciplines are highly suggested for this combat against the seductive powers of evil all around us, disciplines like increasing your prayer time, taking 15 minutes during the middle of the day if you don't or at your desk at work, sacrificial giving to justice causes. We do a lot of that here already. Fasting from overindulgence. We do a lot of that too, either liquid or solid foods. Diving into scripture and applying it to our joys and challenges. I don't know that we always dive into scripture. So maybe that would be a springboard of faith development for you. 
Livy has put out on the table under the screen in the coffee bar room and the sunroom a buffet of Lenten devotional books and things you could do to intensify that walk. I dare most of us, I dare say most of us have some areas of dissatisfaction with ourselves, our work, our family members, or unhealthy eating practices, not enough prayer going on. So maybe this is the time to really use the season to our advantage. And we can make a commitment to God and even begin the journaling that we have put off for so long. Recording our daily thoughts and questions, recording where God broke into your life that day. I am one who would repent that I journal, and I have not been in my journal for close to two months. Every day I say, I've got to do it, I've got to do it, I've got to do it, and something else comes up. But the poignant events that happen in your everyday life, you try to remember them all, but when you get two months out, gets a little more vague. So there is an urgency sometimes to just taking time to record our questions and the God moments we had that day. For the times when you're weak and not so strong in faith, you can read it again. Maybe you need to walk at lunch on a meditation in the park, eat lunch outside if it gets nice enough. And you need to allow space in your life for the Spirit to speak to you. It can't be always jammed signals. Maybe disciplined Bible study is on your list. Whatever it is, do it for you personally. And carpe diem, seize this season. And get off our warm couch of complacency and get into that new spiritual growth practice. Henry Nouwen is a Catholic priest, a teacher, a wonderful author, He challenges all of us to claim our identity as disciples, as change agents for our Lenten homework. Listen to his words. You are Christian only in so long as you look forward to a new world. So long as you constantly pose critical questions to the society you live in. So long as you emphasize the need of conversion both for yourself and the world, so long as you stay unsatisfied with the status quo and keep saying that a new world is yet to come. You are Christian only when you believe that you have a role to play in the realization of this new kingdom and when you urge everyone you meet with a holy unrest. I like that. A holy unrest. To make haste so the promise might soon be fulfilled. Jesus models a very intense Lenten practice in all three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But each story in the Gospels has a variety of ways of telling it. This might be your first homework assignment in the Bible to research how Matthew, Mark, and Luke's story of temptations differ. Today we are centered in Luke's version, where Jesus is baptized and the heavens open and a dove descends upon him and the Spirit's voice is heard saying, You are my son, chosen and marked by the pride of my life, my love. Then Jesus goes out into the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. 
And now I rely on biblical scholar David Jacobson for some of these insights. Jesus' temptations, you see, are not so much personal ones around his faith, but they are each a, call, a challenge to his calling as spirit-anointed son of God. Each challenge by the devil is poking holes in that vocation. And it's Jesus' focus and attunement to the Holy Spirit that allows him to draw from her power. First temptation, Jesus is famished and vulnerable, and the devil entices this hungry man. If you are the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. But Jesus quotes Deuteronomy 8. It takes more than bread to really live. The second temptation, the devil offers all the kingdoms of the world if you will fall down and worship him. Response? Worship and serve the Lord alone with single-heartedness. And finally, the devil takes Jesus on top of the temple in Jerusalem and says, Jump! It said your angels will protect you. But Jesus says, a warning. He warns this devil, don't dare tempt the Lord your God. And then the devil slithers off for another day, another chance to tempt Jesus, which will be at his crucifixion. Do you know what that temptation was? Long silence. The temptation was, if you are the Son of God, then save yourself and come down off of that cross. Jesus didn't accept the challenge. At least not that one. He stayed put. So you see, Lent is meant to be a time to get prepared. A various religious observances will help us do that, to make us more aware of when the devil is tempting us and we aren't really realizing it. There are times we all have of doubt and fear. We have independent streaks and rebelliousness that tempt us to stray from Christ's workforce. But we can stay strong if we become vulnerable before God and each other and invite that Holy Spirit into our workforce. We need to pose questions to society all around us, not just give up and let it flow, but keep in the game. The basic theme that we combat the devil's work in today's gospel are listed with three tests. Don't try to go it alone in life, relying on your own wisdom, fortune, and fame. Instead, let God's spirit go first, and she will lead you to a new kingdom of abundant life for all. That kind of summarizes all three temptations. Don't give in. Fight back. Be aware of who you're following. Former chaplain at Yale University, John Van Orsdal, in his sermon called Dimly Burning Wicks, would call our Lenten project Taking the Risk of Obedience, by which faith comes to maturity. God is not in full sight to any of us, but is mysterious, hidden from our eyes in this modern world, many feel. But Van Orsdal claims this, There will be no seeing the glory of God for those who will not risk 
The miracles of God will always be miracles which happen to somebody else. And the meaning of faith will always be a meaning belonging to somebody else. Until we have understood that the ways of God and the ways of the world around us are in conflict. And that the experience of God's embrace belongs to those with the courage to choose. Even when the choices themselves are ambiguous. So, my sojourners, these Lenten 40 days, you can choose how you will observe this time. If you're hungry for a closer walk with God or even for any certainty that he's alive and real, the fact is you're going to have to rise from the couch of warm complacency and befuddlement and risk obedience. Many agnostics and lukewarm believers make the demand that Christ show himself to them as if they are the ones in charge of this world. I can only ask, how's that working for you? Now, I'm not advocating that I see Christ every minute of every day all the time. I have to work at it as much as you, and I'm in the church business, so to speak. It is a diligence and a focus and an intentionality to keep Christ in your life and seeing him draw you to new adventures. I'm not advocating you can say a certain prayer or read a certain scripture and God will poof, show up. I'm just saying get into the practice because we live by grace alone, pure and simply. But maybe a little holy unrest should be welcomed in this Lenten season to drive you and me to act in a new way of being Jesus' disciples above all else. Let's give it a try. Amen? Amen.